as they're dancing, the Chassid says to the one other Jew who was among the prisoners, a guy named Ginsburg, uh, who was arrested not because he was teaching his children Hebrew, he was arrested because he was, he was a Ganif. He was a criminal and had no concern with matzah. Welcome to the Ideas That Change the World podcast with Rabbi Manus Friedman, where we make sure your life will be changed for the better, one idea at a time. Rabbi Friedman is the number one voice of clarity on moral and social issues. So what are we waiting for? Let's go change the world. But the Chassid said to him, tomorrow night you'll come to my tent and we'll make a Seder together, we'll share the matzah. But the Samoyeds were upset. <laughs> they objected. And they said, oh no, you can't, you can't give this guy holy bread because he's no good. We saw him kill a bird and eat it. And they knew that this was against Jewish law. Being as fickle as they are, the Chassid had to think quickly. So he says to Ginsburg, he says, I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with you. If you promise me not to eat anything you're not allowed to eat for the next eight days, then I'll share my matzah with you. And uh, the Samoids agreed, approved of that plan. That night, two Samoids slip into the tent where Ginsburg is sleeping. And they put a knife to his throat. And they said to him, we heard the holy man made an agreement with you that you won't eat anything you're not allowed to eat for the next eight days. We're going to be watching you. And if you eat anything you're not allowed to eat, we'll slit your throat. And of course, for them to kill somebody was, was as casual and as, as, as uh, easy as, uh, as killing their reindeer. So that year, Mr. Ginsburg, who may not have observed Pesach in the past, observed Pesach in the strictest, in the most, in the most diligent fashion. He ate nothing but matzah. When the chassid was finally released and came back home to his family in Moscow, one of the first stories he told them was this little story. And he said to them, I learned something very important. There were years in my imprisonment when I sat in a cell and my wife had brought me matzah. And it was sitting right outside the cell in the office. <clears throat> and I asked that the, that the uh, guard give me the matzah, but he wouldn't. Against regulations, no food can be brought into the prison. I begged, I pleaded, they wouldn't listen. He says, I remember one Pesach night, I was sitting in my cell and they wouldn't give me the matzah. And I pleaded with God 
that I should be allowed to have a piece of matzah. In fact, I took upon myself another year in prison if I could only have that matzah. And when they wouldn't give me the matzah and the night was, was quickly passing, I sat and cried bitter tears because how can you go through a Pesach night without a piece of matzah? Then, in Che, poor Mr. Ginsburg did eat matzah, even though he didn't want to, even though he had no interest. He ate it mostly because he was afraid that somebody would kill him if he didn't. And yet, the night in Che, the Seder night, when Mr. Ginsburg ate a piece of matzah, something divine happened in the village of Che. A mitzvah was performed. A Jew ate matzah on Pesach. And in that prison cell somewhere else in Russia, when I was sitting there and crying, offering to spend another year in prison for a piece of matzah, but there was no piece of matzah, nothing divine happened. So although, as, as human beings go, as people go, certainly someone who has the sensitivity, someone who has the devotion, someone who has that much neshama, that he cries for a piece of matzah, that's a very impressive human being. That's a very impressive Jew. But as impressive as it is, it is still human, not divine. On the other hand, Ginsburg was not impressive at all as a human being. And in spite of that, when he did a mitzvah and he ate the matzah on Pesach for all the wrong reasons, with all the wrong motivations, with all the wrong kavana, but he did the mitzvah, something divine happened in the village of Che. In his diary, this chassid also mentions a very impressive and also interesting incident. When he first moved into the hut with the Samoyed, came Friday night and the Samoyed lit two kerosene lamps, one for his family and one for the chassid. Now the, the law is, in, in, in Jewish law, that if a non-Jew performs a labor that is prohibited for the Jew on Shabbos, and he does it for a Jew, then the Jew is not allowed to benefit from that labor. So if, uh, if the non-Jew lit the kerosene lamp for a Jew, then the Jew cannot benefit from that lamp. With an impressive presence of mind under the circumstances, when this Samoyed brought the lamp into the Chassid's cubicle, the Chassid said, if you don't mind, could I have the other lamp, which was the one that he had lit for his own family, which the Chassid may benefit from. And the man said, it's the same. They're, just, they're exactly alike. This is just as good. And he said, well, but still, if you don't mind, I'd like to have the other one. 
And after arguing for a few minutes, the Samoya gave in and gave him the other lamp. Well, the next Friday, the Samoya lit the lamp that he had lit for his own family the Friday before. This time he lit that lamp for the Chassid. And it was already late Friday night. It was already in Shabbos. So now the Chassid couldn't, <laughs> couldn't benefit from that lamp. So he says, if, can you give me the other lamp? And the guy says, no, no, this is the one you wanted last week. You preferred this one last week. He says, yeah, but this week I prefer the other one. The presence of mind to be conscious of every detail of the laws of Shabbos under those circumstances, when your life is in danger for any number of reasons, people died there simply from exposure. People died there at the hands of the guards. People died there at the hands of the Samoyeds. People died there of diseases. There were no hospitals, there was no doctors. Any number of reasons. The worry and the concern that they can at any moment extend the, uh, the sentence to another 10 years of, of, of labor camps or of exile not knowing whether he would ever see his family again, not knowing whether he'd ever be free again. All of this, including the hunger, could make a man forget or careless or lenient in his commitment to mitzvahs. And yet in spite of all of that, not only did this man observe Shabbos in, uh, in Che and wherever else he was during those 12 years of, of, of imprisonment. Not only did he maintain Shabbos as a special day, he paid attention to every detail, to every detail of the laws of Shabbos. So certainly as a human being, this is a very impressive human being. The communists could not break him communists could not even weaken him as much as they tried and they tried really hard so if you were looking for a shidduch, if you're looking to marry into a good family this is a good family these are good people these are impressive people and if we needed to uh, state it very strongly we might even say he was bigger than life a giant of the spirit, but human, but human. And his appreciation for the distinction between that which makes a human being great and that which is truly divine, the mitzvah itself, the divine will in the mitzvah, that is a very valuable lesson. Crying for a piece of matzah having plenty of bitter herbs, but no matzah, for your Seder plate, makes for an impressive human being. But the divine will, did God get the mitzvah? Was a mitzvah performed? Was, was the night of Pesach the way God describes it, with matzah, with wine, 
It wasn't. So the divine didn't happen. But when Ginsburg and Che ate a piece of matzah, he fulfilled the mitzvah. Because when you eat matzah, the kavana, the intention, the feelings, the thoughts that you bring to the mitzvah don't affect the mitzvah itself. It can't become any holier or more godly if you have the right thoughts. And it doesn't become any less godly, any less divine if you have the wrong thoughts. If you have the wrong thoughts, the mitzvah is not really yours. The mitzvah hasn't had its effect on you. You haven't absorbed it properly, but the mitzvah remains a mitzvah. And so possibly the whole reason for that exile, the reason for their being there in Che, was that the village of Che hadn't experienced any divine mitzvahs since the beginning of creation. And it waited for the right moment, the right time, and the right people to come together and bring about the fulfillment of a mitzvah so that on that night, in the 30s, on Pesach, something divine happened in that very strange village called Cheh.